the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A professor of epidemiology in the Department of Epidemiology and Public Health at the Yale School of Public Health, Dr. Harvey Reich. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you, sir. So there would be no reason you would. Oh, no, you might. You, I think you might know this. Anyway, I had COVID a couple of weeks ago. And I was just reading, tell me if you agree with this, that I am many times uh, less likely as a result of having had COVID as opposed to having been vaccinated to have symptomatic infection. In the future? Yes, in the future. You're less likely. I can't say about the many times, but you're definitely as or less likely to get COVID in the future. You have, uh, you're building now. Uh, natural immunity to the organism. You have, you will have immunity to a, a large degree against variants that might develop in the future, and um, it's a very strong immunity and lasts for a long time. So, ideally, one would have COVID as opposed to the vaccination. I'm not asking you to speak against the vaccination. I'm not even implying that. I'm just saying between the two. This is the better way to go, obviously, if you're not hurt by it. Well, yes, it's hard to predict in advance, except that we know who the people are at high risk. You know, older people, people with obesity, diabetes, uh, people who've had cancer or have other immune suppression. um, Those are people who are at, at high risk who should validly consider getting the vaccines. Most lower risk people do fine, and certainly with the availability of, of early treatment, do fine, uh, and especially children and young adults do fine almost entirely, unless, as I said, they have chronic conditions. And so both their future susceptibility to the COVID uh, variants is, is going to be lower, and the population as a whole will uh, reduce the spread of, of infection and, and future infections much more strongly with a large amount of natural immunity. And we know in the United States, we have now between 50 and 70% of the population has had COVID. So we have pretty strong natural immunity and it's only increasing with time. What is your take on masks? Um, I think the evidence on masks is that it's very bad evidence. (laughs) So honestly, there's no way to know whether masks really help or not. There's two possible situations, does does mask wearing help the person who's wearing the mask, and does mask wearing help people around that person, uh, what's called source control. And the evidence is that there's too little real firm knowledge to know that there's benefit or not benefit. And so there are two studies about source control, one in the marine uh, barracks and the other, um, I think, was in Denmark. And both of them show that there was not appreciable benefit to keeping the spread of infection down by wearing masks. So it's really hard to know that, that there's good evidence to support this. People, we do it because we all want to contribute, you know, as best we can, but the evidence behind it is, is fairly weak. What about for children at school? 
for children at school, there's there's very little evidence that children, young children, spread the infection very much. There's one study that just came out that that purports to show high levels of virus in the nose of children, just uh, just like adults. But but virus in the nose does not translate into the ability to spread it, and that's an inference. What we know about the empirical studies looking at uh, infected children versus infected adults and spread within their families, within their home dwelling units, is that children are very, very infrequently the, the causes spread to other family members. It's almost always the adults spread to children, not the other way around. So we know from empirical uh, studies that children don't spread the infection, and that being the case, there's little rationale for putting... Uh, you know, masking children where we don't know that the benefit that the mask has appreciable benefit. On top of the fact that the children don't really spread the infection very much. So, why do airlines have to have children two and older wear masks? The reason for regulation is beyond my pay grade. That's a big. Uh, that's a big statement. That's very important that you said that because your pay grade is very high. You're a professor of epidemiology, <laughs> so if it's above your pay grade, it means it's completely irrational. So let me ask you to simply guess. Why do you think something so patently absurd is the case? I think that there's a lot of fear. People are afraid. Companies are afraid. Everybody is just following orders from above and goes all the way up the chain of companies to their top and even those people may be afraid and for that reason we see um, things policies that look like they have face value not to be upon there um, uh, but that may not have any real value and masking may fall into that category you know it seems at initial look that it's a harmless thing to do. We know that it's not, but that the degree of harm is still, for most people, relatively small. And But over a long term and long hours, maybe, you know, less small. But that companies are doing this is because you know, their legal teams are probably afraid that if, if some epidemic were to break out in their uh, circumstances, that they would be accused of not doing everything they could to prevent it, and therefore they put all possible, <clears throat> you know, these kinds of protective, so-called protective measures in place, so that they're legally protected. And I think that's so. You so that's interesting. So it, it, is it your assumption? And I understand nobody knows the answer, but is it your assumption that uh, if the CDC and FDA announced? It is unnecessary for children under the age of 16, just to pick an age, to be masked on an airplane. You think the airplanes, the airlines would continue to enforce it? Probably not. They would have. See, that's the whole point, that companies, institutions all point up the chain to somebody else taking the responsibility for their decision. Good. So who is giving, who is giving this order? That's a good question. Uh, I think that... The CDC has has put a lot of these messages out, um, and I think that uh, government representatives, you know, have chimed in on on the same thing, on various advisory panels and at various um, 
so-called experts have made public statements on this, and I think that has colored the general perception about this. So you are an epidemiologist, and the CDC is composed in part of epidemiologists. How do you explain they're giving orders that you don't think are rational? I really can't explain the behavior of of people who cherry-pick the evidence. And I've seen so much cherry-picked evidence over the last year and a half from the CDC and the FDA that it makes me question the the veracity of those people. And, And I think part of it involves what I call noble lying, that people in those institutions think that they know better how to get the population to comply with what those institutions think are promoting health behaviors. And I don't think that it's honest. I think that lying to the general population when you know the truth but you think that you want to compel behavior is dishonest. And when the population finds out about that, they get extremely angry and rightly so. Mm -hmm. Count me as one of them, as my listeners would know. That's very powerful words that you said, and I salute you for your courage. What is your take on therapeutics such as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and zinc? So we have a whole package of of early treatment therapeutics. Um, We have a a website, uh, earlycovidcare.org, if I'm allowed to say that. You are not only allowed, we're happy to promote it. Say it again. uh, Earlycovidcare.org that discusses, you know, 10 or 12 of, of these medications and vitamins and minerals and so on. There's the evidence for them. And they are, they're very effective. The telemedicine groups and large clinical practices across the U.S. that I've surveyed over the last year have now treated in excess of 150,000 patients with, with these medications. They, with fewer than two dozen deaths that they've reported to me, that they are, these are all COVID patients that come to them, so only a fraction of those would have been high risk. Nevertheless, this is a very, very stellar performance of, of these medications. It's an open secret that these telemedicine groups are doing this on the, the earlycovidcare.org. There's also links to a, a number of different sources that have connect, links to the telemedicine groups, so people can find treatment there if they need it. It's an open secret that, that these things work, that the FDA has conspired to block access to generic treatment is now totally clear. The, the website that the FDA put up in July a year ago claiming that hydroxychloroquine is hazardous when used in outpatients, they did that with no data, no systematic data on outpatients. They say on the same website below the warning that it was based on data from hospitalized patients. Hospitalized COVID is a totally different disease. It's a pneumonia disease whereas outpatient disease is a flu-like viral replication illness. They're different diseases. They're treated differently. And for the FDA to represent a hazard in outpatients by based on data in hospitalized patients is, is not right fraud. And that things like that that are still there today make one believe that the FDA is not acting in the interests of the American public. But rather in the interests of? The people, the companies that pay for its existence, which is, approximately 60% of the FDA's $6 billion annual budget is paid for by pharma companies. What do I do with with the decline in my ability to trust the American medical profession? 
So I don't have a good answer because I have the same inability as you do. Um, what I do is I go to the original studies and try to understand what they did and what they report and what their conclusions are. Some of those studies are in the published literature, but as we know, the medical journals today have been, uh, in many cases, corrupted because of all of the company, pharma company advertising that supports those journals and supports the editors of those journals. It means that there's selective pressure to accept only certain papers and papers that put out results that are not in the interest of those companies get suppressed. And I've seen three or four uh, papers that were accepted for publication put up for early view on the journal's website, and then the publisher took them down because they didn't like the messages. That has nothing to do with science. So it, it really is a Wild West free-for-all about medical knowledge. Some papers are being published as preprints in what are called preprint servers, MedArchive, SSRN, and other uh, servers that, that put up unpeer-reviewed manuscripts. And basically, each person is the peer reviewer. Each person who reads it is the peer reviewer has to decide whether the data and the, the report is valid. And that's where medicine is today. Everybody has to basically draw their own conclusions from the original studies because mm -hmm. every person's got a bias, including me. I have my own scientific you know, yeah, but you, yeah, you're follow science, though. Earlycovidcare.org, that is where people should go. Dr. Rich, I, I would like to have you on regularly, and uh, you don't even have to say yes now, but I just want you I'm to so know happy that. To. Oh, wonderful. God bless you, sir. A man of science and a man of courage. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.